So, Andy, how did Midnight Pizza and Graphic Desires all come about? Because these are kind of both, I guess, can be called companion pieces, right? Because they're sort of similar in the tone. And I guess from like one movie, you got so many ideas left over, you can kind of do another film with the same actors and they almost feel like companion pieces as well. Yeah, I mean, there was a, quite a bit of crossover between the two. Um, so the same cinematographer shot them both, uh, the, some of the same cast. Uh, and obviously I wrote and directed the whole of Graphic Desires and then um, a section of Midnight Peep Show. Um, and yeah, and then what, you know, one did very much lead to the other. So I'd made graphic desires in late 2020 uh there was a lockdown here in the uk um but you you were allowed to make films it was about the one thing you're allowed to do all of the bars were closed um shops were pretty much closed restaurants were closed uh, but you could make films um so we shot this um erotic thriller which was um my attempts at kind of revitalizing that 90s erotic thriller um, graphic uh, with basic instincts and fatal attraction and all of that. Back when you, know, you had A-list stars um, in them, I thought it was a very interesting genre and a genre that um, still was seemed to be quite popular on the streaming sites, but obviously it's largely disappeared from cinemas. Um, but obviously all films kind of aimed at adults have started to disappear from cinemas now yep. and everything so aimed at teenagers um, so I wanted to see if it was possible to do something you know the similar sort of uh, plot lines of obsession and infidelity uh, but mix it with modern modern themes so there's um, talking about um, online sex work and hookup apps and dating, online dating, and that which all fits very nicely together. Um, but the other thing I wanted to do was to see if you could do it ethically, if that makes any sense to you. Because um, I think a lot of producers have kind of steered clear, especially at the independent level, um, since you know Me Too, and you know they wanted you know almost scared off shooting things that had some kind of sexual content um but i wanted to see if it was possible to do this ethically without exploiting anybody and you know with full buy-in from the participants um <clears throat> so i used um an intimacy coordinator on the film which is um it's quite a new role which has come in uh in the last few years really since you know me too and the scandals that came along with that um and they're essentially a, a stunt coordinator for sex scenes. And so they're on hand to make sure that all cast and all crew are looked after and feel safe and comfortable with everything that they're, do they're doing. And um, there's not that many in the country doing it. And they're all busy with Netflix shows and HBO shows. <laughs> they, all, they all use them. Um, but I managed to find um, one, a girl called Jamila. Uh, who'd worked with a, uh, one of the other producers before and she came on board and we talked about how we were going to do these scenes um and yeah we 
we did it and you know we and I, I felt we made something more erotic than we would have done because the actors felt in a safe space um and the, and the actors all came up to me afterwards said what a good time they'd had how comfortable they felt with everything um and what a positive experience had been and you know obviously a lot of them had had some negative experiences doing nudity and sex scenes before um and then the other thing that i wanted to do um sorry i've got a five-year-old <laughs> running around at the moment outside there um because the film deals with online sex work um we used for a lot of the supporting roles actual um people who do that for a living um so rather than uh Trying to get actors in and getting them to play these <coughs> these parts so we use people uh, who actually do that for a living bring a little bit of authenticity to it um and obviously you know they're comfortable with nudity on screen um and you know i think they were quite pleased that here is an opportunity to present their work and you know their job as what they do is not in a very stereotypical way and during the pandemic, obviously, more and more people have been turning to that work. Um, so I think it is losing some of its stigma. Um, and I think, you know, this this film could be part of that. So I made that. Um, and I did a screening for that. And um, the co-directors, uh, Jake and, uh, and Ariel Anthony Hales, they watched it um and they you know thought it was good and then they told me about midnight peep show um and what had happened they'd written uh most of the scripts um but they were looking for a middle section to go in that section um and obviously yeah i'd just done something involving sex work and the dark web and all of these themes which are also in midnight peep show um, so then you kind of knew I would fit right into what they had. Um, so I pitched them a few ideas. Uh, Fuck, Marry, Kill was the one that they liked the best. And then so I went away and wrote it and then also sat with them and worked out how we were going to integrate everything together. Because um, a lot of anthologies, and I think especially during the pandemic, they're made by different crews and different people in different corners of the world. Right. And they might never ever meet each other. Um, and they feel like a collection of shorts. And some of them and are there's good. always like a disconnect almost with anthology yeah. films, right? Because there's so many people working on them. Yeah. And the narrative never always hits like they think it does. Mm -hmm. And just because there's always that disconnect, but I just wanted to say with Midnight Pizza, I never really felt that disconnect. And it's one of the better anthology movies i've seen in the past several years as well yeah thank you and yeah that was exactly what we were trying to go for that you know there's four directors but it is a cohesive world and everything does fit um and so you know we sat down and made sure that they um you know the scripts did intertwine some of the actors are in, are in uh more than one um and then the other thing we did was use the same crew so rather than we all went off and did it, instead we had a crew that shot consecutively for three weeks or so, and then we just swapped out directors. 
as we went along. Uh, so the crew knew exactly what they're doing. So we had the same cinematographer, same lighting. Um, you know, each each bit looks different because obviously the director brings different ideas. But in terms of there's no sudden jump. One was shot on digital, and one was shot video, right. and one was shot on film. There's no jumps that you get sometimes with these things. Um, and so yeah, and everything should feel part of the same world. And then the same with the edit as well. Um, me and Jake edited together, and we all sat down with the sound design. We all sat down with the grade. So it was very much a kind of cohesive thing between between all four directors. And having these play at Fright Fest. And that had to be huge, right? Because Fright Fest has now becoming like this powerhouse of a festival. Mm. And not only from people from the <laughs> UK, but it's like internationally, people from all over are going to Fright Fest to premiere their films now. So having both of these play there, was there any sort of anxiousness that you felt having these two play at Fright Fest? Um, graphic designs didn't actually play at Fright Fest. Oh, okay. Only, only Midnight Peep Show did. Um, but yeah, um, no, it's great. I mean, the the festival. I've been going as a fan to the festival um, for years and years, and it, I've seen it kind of grow bigger. It started out as a day, then it was a weekend, then it was three days. Now it's across five days, um, and it's in Leicester Square in central London. And the main screen uh, where they play the main films on is an IMAX size screen. It's an IMAX screen. Uh, so, yeah, so watching, you know, this was, you know, the world premiere and we had a midnight peep show and we only finished it about a week before it screened uh, because we had still had sound design elements and things to come up with. Um, so seeing it for the first time there um, was pretty insane, really. It is a big screen like you feel tiny looking up at it and right. it just up and up and up um and some of our casts were quite new and it was their maybe their first feature or or they hadn't seen you know their work on a screen anywhere near as big before and they were quite i think overwhelmed by the experience um but it does help sharing it with four directors it's not like the whole film is resting on your shoulders right um there's the four of us uh sally ludovica was in new york so she couldn't she couldn't come to the premiere but yeah me jake and Errol were there and uh so yeah you can kind of share the share the pressure and the fear um but no yeah fright fest is great and it was kind of almost always the dream when we started making the film that it would show that um because we filmed it in, a lot of it in soho which is kind of London's red light area. And that is right next to the cinema. So for the film to screen at mid, almost midnight in almost Soho was kind of perfect. Right. So did you get to see any other films at Fright Fest while you were there or were you just busy promoting <laughs> this one, doing interviews? Um, I was, yeah, I mean, I was busy doing lots of interviews and kind of, you know, just chatting to people because it is a good networking uh, event as well because, yeah, like you said, the a lot of filmmakers come over from the States um, who you wouldn't normally get a chance to chat to and everybody kind of goes to the same bar so you can you know you can talk to all the other filmmakers um but i did see a few things um i think my favorite there was a 
film called Candyland. Candyland? Um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. I have not yet, no. I think this was the outside of US premiere. I think it's premiered in the US already, but this was a premiere outside. Um, but I checked, yeah, definitely check that out. It's a sort of, it's kind of set, it's set in the 90s, but it's kind of got a bit of a 70s grindhouse, the exploitation feel to it. Okay. Yeah, that's and right up my alley, too. It's about these kind of uh, sex workers who work at a truck stop, I think on Route 66. And then they meet this um, like re- family of like religious crazy people. Um, oh, yeah, that's me written all over. They haven't surely choose. And yeah, yeah, I know that. So I only saw one or two films each day because uh, I was so busy. Um, but yeah, that out of the ones I did see, that was that was the standout one. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really fun, and congratulations. <sighs> thank you very much. And hopefully, yeah, I don't know when it's if it's got any um, American uh, uh, screenings yet, but hopefully it will do. And if it does, I'll let you know. Oh, of uh, course. So you on, your, on, on your website, because um, because it's we were so busy getting ready for Fry Fest. <laughs> now it's time to start talking about distribution and start talking about um you know getting it to other festivals so we played brussels last night at the brussels international fantastic film fest oh well um, that's pretty cool yeah i i couldn't go because i've got my my little one to look after uh <laughs> but the others went and apparently the crowd are crazy there they do like a re- like a real call and response thing Apparently, every time there's a moon on the screen, the audience howls <laughs> and all of these things. There's all these little things that happen. If anything happens on screen, the audience shouts something out and they all know it. And it's apparently sounds crazy. Um, so that was that played last night. So hopefully it went down well. But I think it should have done. It's a it's a good it's a midnight. It's called Midnight Peep Show. It's a midnight movie. Yeah. Perfect midnight um, movie. Right. Yeah. And the only th- other thing that I add is we'll see how it all goes and if it's successful but if it is successful the producers hope that it will become a franchise um as you get me like peep show two with you know three whole new filmmakers um and yeah make it a regular thing but if you find out anything about distribution just let us know and we'll type something up on the website for you as well excellent excellent thank you very much do you know roughly when that might get this interview might go live um Maybe sometime next week, I'll definitely let you know. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Cool. Have a good day. You too.